Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. I'm so excited for you to hear my first interview with my dear friend, Sonia Hope. Sonia and I have been on the same strengths journey for about the last 15 years as we've been trying to understand what our top five strengths are and also be equipped to help other people understand themselves and also their teammates. So you'll hear some fun stories um, as Sonia and I talk about this journey, but especially the idea of the superpower that we each have when we think about what our top five strengths or talents can be. And Sonia and I both have adaptability and empathy. And so we talk a little bit about what that looks like. And for her, um, showing up in at a wedding in a crisis moment was very um, critical and just she was thriving and using her adaptability. And also we kind of laughed about how it affects how we pack or what we put in our purse. So anyway, I hope you'll enjoy this interview with Sonia Hope. Good morning. I am so excited for you to meet my good friend, Sonia Hove. We go way back and have worked together in campus ministry with crew for years, working with students, developing moms, and also growing in our own strengths journey as we are coaching, leading teams and workshops about their strengths. She is so fun. You would love to be with her. Everything she does is with excellence. You you would just love to sit with her and talk with her and laugh with her. So, Sonia, welcome this morning. It's so good to be with you, Barbara. Well, tell me a little bit about who you are, where, where you are, your family, what you do. Well, as you know, I'm originally a Texan, so but I don't live in your neck of the woods anymore. I live in Durham, North Carolina. I'm married to Rick, and we are on staff with Crew, working in the area of faculty. Um, and I have three adult children that all live close by, which is a sort of a miracle. I never thought that would happen. We have one granddaughter and another grandbaby on the way. We're so excited. Oh, that is exciting. Well, um. I would love for us to kind of help our listeners understand a little bit about why we are both passionate about this idea about strengths and people understanding or embracing their strengths. Um, I remember years ago, we were both at a conference or maybe just a meeting. It wasn't a conference in Minnesota with some other women that were developing moms in ministry and just helping come alongside them in their lives. And I remember that was, I think, the first time I'd really understood or even heard someone talk about this Clifton Strengths and what these top 34 strengths were. Do you remember that meeting? Yes, me too. That was the first time I had really heard of, uh, at the time it was called Strengths Finder, and now the name is Clifton Strengths. But yeah, me, that, that's true for me too. I had never heard of it before. Yeah, well, I think I've... 
I was probably like, and I don't know about you, but like a lot of people, like they get that information and then they put it in a folder. I put mine under my bed and then I really didn't do a lot with it, but I loved hearing um, Patty, I think was who explained all the top 34 strengths. She went through them really quickly, but I was really intrigued, but really didn't do a whole lot with it. What, what about you? Same here. I did read a little more about it and um, I, you know, I did take an interest. I bought the book, um, Now Discover Your Strengths. And interestingly, my husband had taken a new leadership role about a year or so before that. And one of the books that was recommended to him was called First Break All the Rules. And um, I realized later that Now Discover Your Strengths is the second part of that book. And the first break all the rules, the, the rules they were they are referring to is that we should focus on people's weaknesses. Oh, and okay. you know, when we do a review with an employee, we talk about their weak areas that they need to improve. And so the the premise of that book is first break all the rules, don't focus on people's strengths. Uh, I'm sorry, don't focus on people's weaknesses, focus on their strengths. Mm. It makes so much sense to us now, doesn't it? But at it first, does. kind of was a novel idea, I think. Um, well, I know for me, I don't. Maybe a few years later, I met with someone in our office, Nancy, that was certified with Gallup, and I'm like, "Oh, I really like these Clifton Strengths. Can you help me understand mine more?" And we met maybe three different times and talked about my strengths, and that was when. I thought we, we, part of the homework was like, okay, which one of your strengths do you want to work on and maybe develop more? And as we know now, we people, we call them, these are our top five talents until we put time and effort and energy into developing them and making them a strength. And so for me, that was like when I first kind of identified one of them and said, I really thought, okay, empathy is one of my strengths, but I kind of, I don't know about you because we both have empathy, but I thought, oh, I'm a crybaby. It's like, no, it's more than that. It's a strength. And and I felt like that was when I first really started moving into that idea of really embracing my strength of empathy. And later I um, did some different things to just to develop it. Like I took a course and I started, sounds kind of crazy, but I started a tear journal to kind of notice when my... Um, emotions or feelings were evident and to understand them for myself so I could help use them more productively for other people. But that was really fun for me to kind of be like, okay, I want to embrace what this strength is so I can use it for for other people and make it a, a strength. What about you? Any ways that you kind of started to develop any of your strengths? Yes. During I that, that time? Yes, I think that initial awareness um, was so pivotal for me because I, I sort of always felt like I could do a lot of things. I was I was mildly competent at a lot of things, but um, and we've see, we see this a lot in the workshops and in coaching people that we don't really see our own strengths as great mm-hmm. strengths. Right, we see other people's as. Oh wow, you know, Barbara's so good at that. But my own, I don't see 
as much because they're easy for me because they're my strengths. So I think they're easy for everybody. But one story stands out um, not long after I had, you know, started learning and reading more. I have adaptability. And, you know, just as you mentioned with empathy, I sort of see the, uh, the sort of the downside of adaptability. I'm, mm-hmm. I can take on too much at one time. Yes, I can manage a lot at one time. That's a strength. But the weakness in that or the non-strength, as we like to say, is that I'll take too much on and then I will drop balls. And uh, I don't always think through my commitments and, you know, make sure that I'm not overloading myself going into a certain season. But I saw the sort of the superpower of adaptability one time. We were spending the summer in Colorado with a a work ministry thing. We had dear, dear friends that we had met elsewhere. They had moved to Colorado. So it was so fun to see them more often once they um, lived there. And their daughter was getting married. It was a small wedding in their backyard. And I just volunteered to help. I've done a lot of helping with weddings, you know, being in student ministry all those years. And she said, that would be great. I've got these two other friends helping, but it, it would be great if you could come and just make sure all the tables, the food tables are right and things are arranged right. I said, oh yeah, easy. I'll do that. Got it. Well, that day, the bride was um, emotional, shall we say, <laughs> and something had gone wrong with her dress. I don't even remember what it was. And she was in tears. And, you know, her makeup had already been done. She's crying. Her face is getting puffy. That's making her cry more. Um, herself. And nobody knew what to do. And then the other big thing is it's Colorado in the summer. The weather's always beautiful, but these dark clouds were forming and people were looking at their phones. You know, what's the weather going to do? What time is this going to get in? The radar wasn't quite as sophisticated on our phones as it is now. So, but you could see these dark clouds and you started to hear the thunder in the distance and all the chairs were set up outside. And I went in to find the other two ladies because I was sort of considering myself an assistant. I went in to find these other two ladies and they were literally wringing their hands, not knowing (laughs) what to do. They were standing there going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I turned to the mother of the bride. I said, do you want me to fix this? And she said, please. So I grabbed the, you know, there were like three or four groomsmen. I said, hey guys, come here. I need this table here. I need these chairs moved here. They had sort of an outdoor portico, but it was very long and thin and they didn't think it would work for the ceremony. Like, oh, we're going to make it work. So we got everything moved in about five minutes. And then I ran upstairs and sort of talked through things with the bride, dabbed cold washcloths on her face. Uh We figured out the dress issue and the wedding went off. It was maybe about 10 minutes late, but you know, it was not a big deal. People were already there. It was a small wedding and it went off without a hitch. And I honestly didn't think a thing of any of that. I, yeah. I, this is what we do. You know, we do events all the time. And, but afterwards, these other two ladies, the parents of the bride, the bride herself, they kept saying, Oh my goodness, how did you do that? Oh my goodness. And then the groomsmen that I was bossing around, 
they said, oh, it was so good. You were in charge and you knew, you knew what to do. <laughs> and I'm just looking at them thinking anybody w- could have done that. Anybody could have done what I did. And what I realized is that was adaptability at work. I could quickly see that everything needed to change and it was okay. I didn't spend a lot of time fretting about the beautiful setup that was now going to be not the way it had been planned because of the rain, but we just rolled with it and it was beautiful and it worked. And it, and then the, of course it cleared up after the ceremony and everybody spilled back out onto the patio in the yard for the food afterwards. And it, it was lovely. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Well, I it's funny because I have adaptability also. And I remember one of the phrases I heard that said, um, adaptability is able to respond to the most important need of the moment. And like exactly what you were saying. And yes. But when I heard that definition, it really encouraged me because I do feel like um, sometimes adaptability is not always valued in the world. And, you know, like people want to put some, a date on the calendar or make the, this decision. And I just felt affirmed. I really did feel affirmed about my adaptability, even though I'm still constantly learning to embrace like those moments that we do as no brainers, like you just described. But one time we were trying to plan a meeting for a mom's overseas trip. And I thought, I don't, I don't know if I can, I can't lead that trip because my daughter might pledge a sorority. I might need, she might need me to come for the mom's weekend. I don't know when that'll be. And it was just like, so clear to me of like, that's why I, it's hard for me to make a decision about something, even though sometimes you have to, but it's like like to keep your options open. Right. Yeah. You like to keep your options open. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think just hopefully for both of us, the more that, we step into that and just continue to to live out our adaptability. It, it does encourage and bless other people, even though we don't really think of it as that hard sometimes. But I, I love that that description because probably a lot of people, we, we just take for granted what we do so easily. It's very true. And what I've come to see too is adaptability is really great in a crisis. Mm-hmm. It can... Um, be sort of our cross to bear when in regular everyday life, when we're trying so hard to be disciplined and I have discipline very, very low in my 34. Yeah, me too. But, um, you know, and I'm trying to channel my friends with, with discipline Uh and focus and things like that. But when, when the, a situation calls for a change of plans, I, I'm the first one there. I can, I can drop everything and go. I and I like that description of we respond to the need of the moment. And that's yeah. what motherhood is in so many ways. Yes, you need plans and yes, you need to be organized, but at the same time, plans get thrown out the window all the time when a child skins his knee or spikes a fever or whatever. Yeah. So true. Well, one last thing on that. We probably could talk forever and ever about our adaptability. But one time recently I thought the reason my bag is always overpacked when I go anywhere is because of adaptability. I don't know the important need of the moment on this trip. So I'm going to bring all the options. (laughs) Oh, Barbara, that's a brilliant insight. Isn't that great? And it's, it, 
that applies to my everyday, my purse. I cannot carry a small purse. I don't understand people that do because what if I need something? I know. Um, it makes so much sense to, sense to us, really. That is hilarious. Well, um, I know one time I remember calling you and somehow we were talking about strengths again and you had signed up to go to the facilitator training with other crew people with core clarity. And I'm like, oh yes, I want to do that. And I kind of had just missed that memo. And so we both jumped on the plane, went to Orlando and had a week training with core clarity, which you had mentioned earlier. But um, I feel like for me, that was such a pivotal time of understanding a lot more about my top five strengths and all these other people in the room, but then also how to help make that accessible for other people. What, tell me about your, um, what you learned that week or a few aha moments that you had. I know we've kind of talked about this, but what, what are some things that came away for you during that time? Yes, that was a great week. And I remember thinking, wow, I'll, I'll never know this as well as I need to. And I, and I do uh-huh. still always learn, but it's been really fun to see, oh, I do. I, I have learned it to a level that I can explain it and help other people understand it in themselves. Mm-hmm. And that week was great for me. Um, one, it was, it was fun being with you. It was fun. Um, I stayed with a good friend, you know, an old friend that I had been roommates with years ago. And so it was just a really fun week. But that sort of day-to-day rolling out of more information was kind of thrilling, you know, looking back on it. And one of the things that stood out to me was core clarity really kind of takes the the different, um, they call them domains, the categories of strengths and sees the adjacencies. And I'm sure you'll explain this more later. And you said you might interview um, Candace. Fitzpatrick, the the founder of Core Clarity, Mm -hmm. but she really sees the relationships between the the different domains. And that was so helpful to me, um, understanding how they have to do with our motivation and whether it's external to us, like other people or external, um, you know, factors outside of us or internal, like how we deal with thoughts and ideas and kind of interact with within ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. That was super helpful. And then an interesting thing, and you and I have talked about this it, it, because again, we're similar um, on all uh, the different personality or motivational assessments that I had taken. And I'm, I was kind of into this stuff. So I like to figure people out and figure myself yeah. out. So in all of those, I was sort of a little unusual in that I had uh, for instance, in the Berkman, when when I went through the Berkman with a trained Berkman person, she said, oh, this is sort of unusual. You have things in all four quadrants. Mm-hmm. And then um, in, the My- in Myers-Briggs, I'm half and half on two of my things. So huh. I'm like, well, which one am I? You know, and you kind of have to yeah. figure that out. Um, there was another one that I tested same thing. It's like I, and I've always felt like I'm sort of mildly competent at a lot of different things, but I'm, I'm not that person that has this one thing that they're super great at. 
And that can be frustrating. And I think especially as you get older, people start specializing more. And I didn't feel like I had a specialty. And so in the core clarity system, I looked at my, um, my the little symbol that we call a core drill. And it represents what quadrants are represented in you. And it was all four once again. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, on a break, I said to our our facilitator trainer, I said, I, you know, I have a question about this because I've always felt like I'm not great at any one thing. I can sort of do a lot of things. Okay. But, you know, can you talk about that? And he reached over the table and he patted my hand and he said, (laughs) we're going to talk about that later. And I was like, okay, well then later when he did talk about it, it's, in, in core clarity ling- lingo, it's called being a stabilizer. Mm-hmm. And I got very teary because the, the superpower of that is that you can, they call it launch from any quadrant. So you can sort of understand people from any of those domains of strengths. You can mm-hmm. understand people that connect really well with people because you've got some of that in you. You understand people who are very internal and they process internally and they're all up in their heads because you've got a little of that in you, uh-huh. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I teared up when he was talking about it because he said, uh, you know, one of the, one of the big things about this is these people feel often that they are a jack of all trades and a master of none, but when they find their niche they excel beyond everyone's expectations, even their own. Yeah. And I thought, oh, there is hope for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I think I see how my different strengths play into who I am and what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do sort of have a job that's not, um, it, it, it often involves responding to needs and so I use my adaptability and my empathy in that. And I use the fact that I'm a stabilizer and I can relate to people, you know, from different quadrants. Yeah. And then I think the core clarity uh, slash Clifton Strengths coaching and workshops that I do, I love helping people understand themselves better. And I love helping people understand their teammates better. Mm-hmm. That's been a real joy. Yeah, I think yeah, we can we can relate on so many of those things because I I'm a stabilizer too and I think one of the other descriptions kind of like you hit on is sometimes stabilizers don't really know their place until um till they find their place and then they excel beyond that. And I think for me that's one of the things that has really driven me and wanting to help other people understand their strengths with one of mine being maximizer is a, one of the um, top 34 talents of wanting to go from good to great. And so I feel like that kind of is an overlay for me of like, yeah, I want every person I meet to understand how great they are. And mm-hmm. I see um, just this tool of understanding your top five strengths as just a catalyst for that. But when, when we were at that training, I remember noticing just a couple different things along with what you had mentioned, but 
I remember one time we were working on trying to figure out this PowerPoint for a presentation and it was a little hard and um, I think we're on a little time crunch. And I remember this guy at my table, he was so kind and like patient because it was, it kind of felt like we were having a competition, even though I don't think we were, but I felt like it in that moment. And he was just so kind, like, it's okay. I mean, it just, it was like one sentence that he said to me and that later I saw that he had empathy. I'm like, oh, I like you. I like you. <laughs> and, um, but then also when we were a different exercise, we were trying to figure out something and someone that I didn't really know super well, but I, she wasn't as much like me, but I saw that she had strategic and she totally had the answer to solving the problem and figuring out this task. And I'm like, Oh, I love this. I love seeing your strategic and how it's benefiting our table right now. But then one time we were doing something else and we were split up in people. Probably we were at the same table with as stabilizers, but I remember thinking, Oh, that table, they're the people with all the fun strengths at that table. And um, so, but I do feel like it was just a, a launching point to, to understanding that and seeing that, there are amazing things about me that nobody else can do. And I'm still trying to embrace my strengths as what the name of even this podcast is. And I think as, as I'm on this journey and I think you are too, of just wanting to help come alongside other people as they're, they're understanding who they are. Well, I know we've, what, go ahead. You're so good at that, Barbara. You're so good at um, building people up and, helping them see how their strengths are great. I love that. And thus this podcast, I, yeah, I love that about you. You know, it's funny. Everyone thinks they have the boring strengths and uh-huh. everyone else has the great ones because again, our strengths are, they come naturally and easily to us. So we don't think they're a big deal. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, well, everyone can do that. And yeah. it's not true. I know it really isn't the more we can realize that. And even especially during this, these last months, I think I've realized, yeah, I have a lot of talents that are in the like connecting quadrant and I just do that naturally. And I want to talk to people, be with people, um, follow up with people. And um, so it, it's kind of spurred me on to like, keep doing that because that's what I'm good at which seems so basic, but for me, it's like learning to really embrace that and help use what I'm good and what comes easy for other people too. So, um, well, I know like several months ago I called you and I told you about this idea. I wanted to start this podcast and it was so fun that you just were like, yes, that's such a great idea. Tell me just kind of some of your thoughts as we, I know we talked a lot on the phone just about brainstorming of how to make these ideas practical and accessible for other people. Tell me just your, your thoughts about this podcast and what we hope it'll accomplish. Yeah. Of doing a podcast like this, because I like that you are wanting to highlight sort of regular people, but people that have really kind of figured out their strengths, even if they've never heard of Clifton Strengths, mm-hmm. they've realized what they're good at. And if you look at people's journeys, a lot of times they sort of meander into that. Uh-huh. It's not like they 
you know, grew up and at age 18 or 22, they said, I am good at X and I'm going to do that. Um, so I, I love it, giving hope to those people that haven't figured that out in their life yet, because there's so many people right, uh, like that, that are either struggling or just sort of wondering, you know, what, what am I really supposed to be doing? Or, or they're not happy in their job or something about their job. Even maybe it's not that they need to change jobs completely, but they need to restructure it a little bit so that it, they're operating more from their strengths and less from their non-strengths. You know, right. we, we always tell people, everyone has to um, raise their functioning uh, to a certain level of competence because we all have to handle our finances. And, you know, I always give the example of, you can't say changing diapers just isn't in my top strength, so I'm not going to do it you know, <laughs> right. when you're a mom. You just have to do it. But uh, but if, if you can manage your life, if you can structure your job and your life so that you're operating out of your strengths most of the time, mm-hmm. then you will have so much more satisfaction. And actually, research has shown that you're healthier. You're happier. You're healthier. Um, there's kind of less frustration. And that just exudes to everyone around you, makes your family happier. It makes your, um, your coworkers happier. You're a better manager. So, right. So I'm, I'm excited about you playing that part. I think you love that so much in people. I think you've, you've described it as, I just get so excited when I see people operating out of their strengths. I do. And I love that. Well, um, I saw a friend at a meeting and she was the MC and she was amazing. She was just, I mean, it was a little time crunch. There were some different factors, you know, that were happening during this meeting. And I went up to her afterwards and I'm like, Martha, have you ever heard of strength finders? I mean, I knew that she had communication and it was definitely one of her top five strengths. And we talked about it and she had, it's like, you kind of know when you're doing something good, but I think it just, it was fun to help her understand. Yeah. Keep doing that. And she does do that. She writes, she talks, she, but people with communication can put words so easily to something. And I think, I mean, when I do find out someone's top five strengths, I do feel like it's kind of like Christmas morning. It's like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, like when I'm working on a team and just to see, oh, look at this. I I'll tell people you are very unique and kind of like some people, you don't see this combination very often. And it's like, we're all amazing and wonderful and unique, but sometimes it's a little bit even more special. Don't you think? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. So, and, uh, Well, thank you so much, Sonia. This has been so fun just to talk with you. And I've appreciated just as we brainstormed about all of this together. And so you'll be hearing a lot more from Sonia in other episodes and um, just to hear her expertise and even possibly interviewing some other people also. So any last thoughts you have, Sonia? No, I just, I, what I love hearing you talk about how you love seeing people operate in your strengths. I love it that you've started this podcast and that you are operating in your strengths doing it. I love it.
Well, thanks, Sonia. Well, thank you so much, and we will be in touch later. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.